Hello, family. How are you? Doing good? All right. I'm going to teach you a Korean word today as we're sharing about Thanksgiving and what it means to be grateful to God. We're going to greet each other by saying, 감사합니다. Would you repeat that after me? 감사합니다. Let's try that again. 감사합니다. All right. Say hello to your neighbor by saying, 감사합니다. One more time, 감사합니다. That means thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. My name is June, and I am the Korean lead pastor here at Grace, and it is my honor to be able to worship you and preach the Word of God with you. Um, we're going to go to Luke 17 today, so if you want to turn your Bible, that will be great. Uh, we will read from verse 11 to 19, Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. Luke 17, 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, whenever we enter your presence and whenever we walk away, we want to hear those sweet words. Rise and go away. Your faith has made you well. I pray for the blessing over this moment, this time, this worship, that when we stand from here, that we will rise up and we hear you saying, your faith has made you well all over. So go and go, I send you. God, I pray that you will speak, open our ears, open our eyes, and open our minds, and open our hearts so that we see you, hear from you, understand your heart a little more, and then believe that a little deeper. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanksgiving, not just supplication, builds holistic faith. Thanksgiving builds our faith, but Thanksgiving is more than supplication. The first step is supplication, and it does build our faith. But thanksgiving is what gives us holistic faith. As we study this passage, we'll see two loud voices in the passage. Two loud voices. Verse 13, and lifted up their voices. So this is a loud voice, first loud voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. As Jesus was entering a village, Ten lepers at a distance yelled, loud voice, with a loud voice saying, Master, Jesus, heal us, cleanse us, help us. It was a voice of supplication, and it was the mass. A lot of people, that's the equation in the Bible, know to give supplication, to ask for what they need or what we need. Verse 14, Jesus is so merciful. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. 
And as they went, they were cleansed. Isn't that amazing? Not healed, though they are healed, but cleansed. Because cleansed people are healed people. When Jesus cleanses us, you, me, it heals us. And that's what we see. They ask for healing, he gives them cleansing. And then the second voice, verse 15. Second loud voice, then one of them, only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. So two different voices, two loud voices. One, it's by 10 people, the majority saying, help us, have mercy on us, save us. And then the second loud voice is by one minority, just one person coming back to Jesus and saying, thank you. There's a supplication and there's thanksgiving. And to this person, Jesus turns and says, your faith has made you well. Thanksgiving, not supplication, builds a holistic faith. Thanksgiving builds something within our faith. I got to walk with a teenager um, who migrated from Korea to the States when he was in middle school. By himself, actually. So his parents stayed back home in Korea and started to finance his stay and his study or whatever he needs. And he moved to the States by himself. He had big dreams, American dreams, of being educated, being, being successful, and, and marrying here, maybe. And he, he had big dreams. Came over. Um, and he found himself to be staying at a home, an American home, at a really small town in Indiana. Didn't know anyone. So a family hosted them, and the parents paid them well to host him. However, they didn't obviously speak Korean, and he didn't speak English. So it was really hard. Really hard. He went to school. He had big dreams, but he found that studying and learning English was harder than he anticipated. It took longer, and friendship was harder to build. Cultural differences, linguistical differences, led him to be misunderstood so many times, and he found himself very lonely and sometimes even angry at how unfair things seemed to feel. He missed the food. He missed home. He missed mom and dad, but he couldn't tell them because he knew how much they were suffering for him to be educated in the States that he didn't share. So he swallowed up his pain and even sorrow, and he cried himself to many nights, himself to sleep many nights. But he believed in the Lord. He knew the Lord. However, the family who hosted him didn't believe in the Lord, didn't go to worship for that matter. And the closest church, Korean church, that he could find was five miles away. Now, this is the days before Uber and Lyft. So he couldn't just pull out his phone. He actually didn't have a phone back then. So what he decided to do was the only refuge and comfort he could find, he decided to walk those five miles every Sunday. It took him 90 minutes, hour and a half, to sometimes in two hours under some extreme cold or extreme heat or just sometimes just very tired. And it would be lonely. He would go through suffering. He would almost meditate on, on, the, on the depressive situation that he seems to have found himself in. And he would walk and he would finally get to the church and sometimes, so many times late at church because he didn't know that it would take longer that day because of the weather. And he would just go in at the last pew of the sanctuary. He would walk in. He would plop himself down on that pew and he would just start weeping. He would just start weeping. 
God, have mercy on me. This is harder than I thought it would be. This is lonelier than I thought it would be. And I don't know what to do. When I met him, I think he was ninth or 10th grader, he, his, his, his walk with God in prayer life and worship was way more mature. It was mature beyond his age for sure than I anticipated. It's an amazing kid. However, hear me, family. The challenge for his faith, the greater challenge came later. Not in the suffering, not in the supplication, but later. A few years passed. His family members actually moved back, so he had family. Moved to the state, so he had family. And then he got a car. So he gave rides to people. He, he had the freedom to go anywhere he wanted. He could go to church anytime he wanted. He spoke the language. He found some good friends. He seemed all settled in. And you know, just like any teenager, he found a girlfriend that liked him. And you know, teenagers, once you find a girlfriend or boyfriend, it seems to change everything about them. Just a different kid. I'm like, dude, what happened to you? You got a girlfriend. Okay, now you're a different person. Fine. Hi, nice to meet you. The boy with a girlfriend, nice to meet you. It's changed. And showing up to church, preparing to getting, getting up early to come to church on a Sunday seemed to be cumbersome to him. As his tears dried up, his prayer life dried up as well. That was the greater challenge for his faith. And isn't that true for you and me as well? Not the supplication part. I mean, we're humble when we're praying to God for things, right? When we're desperate, God, help me in this finances. Help me in this furlough. Help me in this financial crisis. Help me with this job, would you? Help me with this. Help me with this relationship. God, if you would let my kid just get into that school, if you would just heal her or him, if you would just set me free from this, we ask God, and, and our Father loves us hearing, loves hearing those supplications. He loves us, so He loves giving. He loves pouring out. Yet, that is where we stop so many times. Because He's so good, He's so mercy on us. We cry out, just like those ten lepers saying, God, have mercy on us. God, have mercy on us. We cry out, and He's so good to heal us and restores us, restore us and say, you are clean, and we are healed by His grace. And then we never turn back and go to Him and give him thanks. So our faith is not complete. Christianity is not that moment. It's not that moment where we're saying, that, though, that is part of the moment. It's not that moment of saying, I received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm a sinner that needs grace. Yes, that is true. But we need grace every day. We need mercy every day. We need to express our gratitude every day. It's not supplication but thankfulness that builds holistic faith. Builds holistic faith. Let's go to verse 19. This is what Jesus says. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, let's study this. His body is healed already. He's free from leprosy. Why is Jesus saying your faith has made you well? The rest of the, 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 the other nine is well as well in the physical sense. I believe the Lord is saying his soul is made well. There are many Christians and there are many Christians out there, including you and me, where we appear to be healed, but our soul is not well. The key to our well-being of our soul is gratitude. And Jesus looking at us saying, you are now well. 
That is your faith because you did not stop at supplication, but you turn back and you enter that place of gratitude. Gratitude. Let's go even further. Gratitude gives us key to intimacy with Jesus Christ. And gratitude gets us closer to Jesus Christ. Let's read verse 12. As he, Jesus, entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. And, and see where they were, who stood at a distance, and rightfully so, at a distance. Verse 16. So 10 of them, their first loud voice was from at a distance with Jesus Christ. And this is verse 16. And he fell. That one guy that expressed gratitude, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And you know what that means, just like Mary. At Jesus' feet means intimacy. Heeding to saying, Jesus, I love you, I want to hear you more. And you're invited to the privilege of being close. Now, this guy was doubly repulsive to the Jews. He was not only a Samaritan, which is repulsive to Jews, but he was a leper. And you know, in, in the, with Old Testament law, what you're supposed to say as a leper is unclean, unclean, unclean as you walk the streets, right? So that people could keep distance from you. There was a really just ugly study done with children, not, not in this day and age, this is way before. And there was this, um, the, the study was this, babies who are adopted by the states and they were regularly held by people, fed well. And the next study group, the babies, were well-fed, well-slept, but weren't touched by human beings. Over time, they lost weight. They entered early signs of depression, even as babies. And you and I would see to go like, that is normal. Of course, we all need to be touched. These lepers, all their life, unclean, unclean, distance was kept from them. No one touched them. No one was allowed to touch them because they'll become unclean. Now, this, when Jesus heals us, church, family, hear this. It's not only a healing, but it's an invitation to be intimate with him. Because now that you're healed and clean, you and I get to enter the throne of grace with confidence. It's an open invitation to the ten of them when he healed them. Go show yourself to the priest, meaning now you get to be clean in a religious sense as well, meaning you could be close with anyone you choose, meaning including Jesus Christ. But only one responded to that invitation. May the Lord bless you because you accepted the invitation this Wednesday. You had the freedom to not show up, but you showed up. You're drawing near to the throne of grace Isn't that the same story for all of us? Where we were sinners, but God so loved the world. He invited the whole world to his throne of grace. Yet only few return and express his gratitude to our Lord, Savior. R.A. Torre was a really infamous pastor and speaker in that moment of tent revivals. Now, millennials, you don't know what tent revivals are. It's like a conference, except more fiery and bigger and better. Tent revivals, good times. And he he was speaking about a saving grace that happened, a a story of salvific story that happened in Michigan Lake in Chicago, where a large cruise ship was was it sank, and therefore people, hundreds of people, needed saving. 
Now, there's a young man who was a professional swimmer. He decided to jump in the lake, and he saved 23 people. He was a hero. It's a great story. He shared that and say, talked about how that is kind of like Jesus Christ. He came, he, 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 he jumped in the lake with you, and he saved you, and he was sharing this story. And there was an elderly man in the middle of the congregation, and he said, yes, that is me, that is me. And the pastor said, yes, I know, Christ save you. It's like, yeah, that's true, but no, that is me, that is me. I am that young man who swam and saved those people. I am that illustration in a human form. And obviously, his sermon was disturbed. It's okay, praise God for you. We'll now go into time of offering because I need to talk to that guy. So they did talk. So and before they had the second service, they, they talked about his story and, hey, this is so good to have you. Can I use that illustration again? And what was your life like from that point on? You are a hero. What happened, right? So second service starts and, and, and that R.A. Torre is going through the same story about, okay, this guy, he jumped in the lake and he risked his life and saved 23 people. Isn't that amazing, church? That's like Jesus Christ saving us. However, he's sitting in the midst of you right now, and this is what he said. In the past decades, none of the 23 came back to thank him. Actually, none of them thanked him. When they're in the water dying and drowning, they're quick to say, save me, someone help me, help me, help me. And when someone saved him or her, no one came back, turned back to thank him. In the Old Testament, there are many different sacrifices that we can make that God has instructed us to, to give. Burnt offerings, sin offerings. Yes, we give them. Day of atonement. We atone for our sins, and that's one kind of offering, and it's wonderful. However, there's that part called peace offerings and fellowship offerings. It's not necessarily mandated, but it's encouraged. In that moment, you don't only have fellowship with God, you're not only drawing near to the throne of God because you're expressing your gratitude, but you're always sharing that meal with everyone else. So you're experiencing closeness and intimate with God and with your family whenever you're expressing gratitude. And that is the grace and that is the mercy he is inviting you and me as well. In my note, this is what I wrote down. When we stop at supplication, we can use Jesus. However, when we enter into thanksgiving, we can enter into the intimacy with Jesus Christ. Gratitude is a key for us to enter into intimacy with Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving. Not just supplication builds holistic faith. May the Lord bless you with that faith. May the Lord build your faith even further this year to give and enter into that place of intimacy and closeness with Jesus Christ like never before. I want to give you two practical applications applying this word of God. Number one, what do we do? What do we do? We need to turn back. Everyone say, turn back. Now, Turn back and touch your neighbor and say, turn back. Yeah, turn back. Turn back. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. 
In order for us to express gratitude and practice the spiritual discipline of gratitude, we need to not only look ahead, but we need to turn back and see what the Lord has done. We have to turn back. The, the practice of gratitude, it, only, it starts when we start to turn back and, okay, God, you've been good this year. You've been faithful this year. 2019 was a good year. We need to turn back. We need to turn back. You know, cows, uh, you, know, you know about ruminations, how cows regurgitate, you know, their food to chew, right? You know that fact, right? I, I studied more into it. It, it. it is written that cows in his first stomach, rumen is called, he's able to hold 50 gallons of par- partially digested food. 50 gallons of food just in your stomach. And he would, he would just regurgitate, meaning throw up into his mouth a little bit, and would chew and digest a little more. 50 gallons. Furthermore, he would eat during the day six hours. However, he would regurgitate and chew for eight hours. We're so quick to eat and consume the grace and the love of God, but we're not regurgitating and expressing our gratitude on what he has done. Cows eat for six hours and they regurgitate for eight hours. What about you? What about you? If he has been really good, if he has been really amazing, if he has really saved you from pit, how much of that are we regurgitating? What about this year, 2019? We've been always asking, Lord, we ask for that and this and this, and then these are all good things and he welcomes them. It's good. We're always looking ahead, but we need to turn back, regurgitate, take those moments, take those eight hours and say, God, thank you for that. You've been so good. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I worship you. You're faithful. You need to turn back. If you read the Psalms, for example, Psalm 103, I love it. This is David as an old man regurgitating looking back, turning back on his life, and he just lists things, how, how God has been so faithful to him, all the salvific plans and wonderful things that God has done in his life. He would just look back, turn back. A lot of Psalms is just looking back, saying, God, you've saved me then. You've been faithful. You, you, you are so gracious and generous to me. That's what a lot of Psalms are. You know, in this moment of Thanksgiving, I want to talk about shopping I hope you don't mind, but I know you mind, but it's okay. I do not care. I love you. That's why I do not care. You know, Satan loves to strategize and, and, and you know, dilute the true facts of major moments in, in our walk with God, such as Christmas with carols and Santa Claus, right? And Thanksgiving, same thing. And I think one of the strategies that Satan loves to use in this season of Thanksgiving is Black Friday and Cyber Mondays. And whatever other days that you have. Because it seems like Black Friday starts Wednesday now, right? I I don't know how that works. It's supposed to be Friday. How do you start a Friday on a Wednesday when we didn't even have Thanksgiving turkey yet? And we haven't watched Cowboys. I, I don't really know how that works. But this is what I know and you know as well. Satan wants us to focus on more what we don't have. Oh, you could get it for a deal. Black Friday, if you get it at the perfect moment when the mall opens at 12 a.m. or online at this specific hour, and our mind is totally focused on more and more and more and more, not turning back and reflecting on what God has done, 
I love what the Lord has done in this country, especially George Washington and Abraham Lincoln declaring the declaration of thanksgiving, saying, you know what? We as a country, we're going to take a pause, take a break in this moment of thanksgiving because as a country, we're going to rest. We're going to turn back. We're not going to think what's ahead, but turn back and reflect on what God has done. It's a privilege that you and I get to have of resting, taking a break and saying, okay, let's reflect what God has done in our country in our family, in our soul over the course of the year, regurgitate and just go, God, thank you, thank you, and draw closer to Jesus, closer to Jesus, closer to Jesus, and our faith made holistic, more whole, more whole, more whole, not just supplication, but thanksgiving and thanksgiving. That's what it's supposed to be, but most of us are shopping. I'm not against shopping. Please. Shopping's great. Praise God for shopping. But maybe we could pause, set aside at least a day. And these Thursday, the Thanksgiving day, maybe we could decide as a family, we're not going to shop on Thursday at least or look online on Thursday. You're not going to miss that much. <laughs> Last year, Black Friday, 247 million shoppers. Maybe it's the year before. Per head, $423.66. Total, $59 billion spent in one day. I'm just saying, we all have a strong pull towards more. But do we really need to meditate on more when Jesus is enough? Or is he really enough? So we turn back. Our faith is made whole when we turn back. Second application. Oh, again, I'm not saying don't shop. Go shop. However, <laughs> take, si- take, take some, some time aside so you could focus on Thanksgiving and turn back. Okay, no condemnation on shopping. Praise God for shopping. All right, now I got you back. Good, good, good. Let's, let's go to the second point. Okay, second point is we got to express thankfulness. We have to express it. We have to express it. Verse 15, again it says, praising God with a loud voice. It's an expression. I know some of us, we have thankful heart for each other or for God deep inside. And you mean it, but you never express it. Here's a verse saying, loud voice. Hebrews 13, 15, one more verse. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Expression, giving thanks to his name. Psalm 26, 7, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of all your wonderful deeds. Expression of thankfulness. I believe in the power of expression of gratitude. I really do because that's how I got married. I didn't tell my wife that I was going to share it, but hey, I'm sharing it, so thank you for letting me share it without allowing me to share it. (laughs) When I first saw my lovely wife, Sarah, I fell in love. I said, you know what, love at first sight. I know that's what Adam, this is what Adam felt for Eve when he first saw him, and that's what I felt about her. But she was just, they're just, Different guys and boys and men just buzzing all around her, trying to pursue her. And I'm going, God, this is hopeless. What do I do? He has, she has so many options, and I don't even match up to half of them. What do I do? So I'm just kind of being her friend. And, you know, being a friend is worse when you like a person, right? I'm like, just, let's just get this done and over with, right? Just tell me you hate me, right? But I'm just kind of hanging in there and I pray for her, right? And she has no idea that, I, that I'm pursuing her because I know with all the, you know, buzzes and more like flies buzzing around her, you know, she, 
she would just consider me as one of those flies. So I said, okay, I'm not going to express my, so I just I became good friends with her. And I prayed for her for three years. Three years without telling her, just three years. And, and our, our first, well, from my, my side of the story, first official date, which she didn't consider as a date because she had no idea because I didn't really ask her out, but we kind of, I just was like, oh, here's a nice restaurant, huh? Flowers, huh? It's kind of romantic. Wow, surprise, huh? Maybe we should be romantic. I don't know, let's sit. And we had, you know, good meal. It was in New York. It was Thanksgiving and and, you know, my first official date for her, just a friend night, and we were just sharing. And, and this is, I believe this is three years of praying, family. I just said, God, what do I talk about? I'm super nervous. I'm sweating. And, and I'm not cool at all right now. I am not cool. I am not cool. So I'm just asking God. And suddenly something pops into my head. Talk about this Thanksgiving. Talk about what you're thankful for for this year. So I just asked her, hey, let's talk about what we're thankful for, top 10 things that we're thankful for, right? And we just each shared one, one by one. And I saw her heart and face just light up and open up. And I said, God, mm -mm -mm, praise the Lord. The word of God, power of gratitude, moving in this place. Holy Spirit, hover over this room right now, Lord Jesus. (laughs) Open the floodgates wide open, Lord Jesus. I'm just praying and I'm just thankful. And I know this is so cheesy, but at that point, I said, I, we came to, okay, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Okay, top one moment, top, the, the, the top one moment that you're really grateful for. And I said, right now, this moment with you. I love you. And she, she might not remember this, but she said, me too. And I said, God... I will express my gratitude on a Thanksgiving day every year. I won't miss a Thanksgiving because you've been great. Oh, man, God's been good too. So I believe, singles, that expressing thankful gratitude, it opens doors and it does miracles. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, but I, I, I believe that. I believe when we sit down even as a family and just express what we're grateful for for each other, something starts to happen in our hearts. Just something happens. So, hey, I have a couple of minutes, and I want to give it to you right now. I want us to express what we're grateful for to our neighbor right now. Let's do that. Let's not just hear about and listen about, study about gratefulness or giving thanks, but let's express it right now. So you might not even know that person, but it's okay. You're amongst family, and this is what you're going to do. Just ask out what you need to and say, you know what? I'm really grateful for you because of this. I'm really grateful for you just for sitting next to me. So whatever that might be, I want to give you a couple of minutes. Come on, express your gratitude to each other right now.
If you haven't already, let's switch partners and express gratitude one more time. If you're listening online, you could just find a family member or write a gratitude notes right now. Wonderful. You could continue at home. So would you stand with me right now? Please continue. Take this home and continue at home. Stand with me. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Just close your eyes and reflect what God has done in 2019. Just reflect and think about just one thing. And after you think about it, I'm going to give you a cue and count to three. And we are going to worship God, express our gratitude and say, God, thank you. So think about that. Reflect. Look back. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, family, in count of three, let's express our worship to God in a loud voice. One, two, and three. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You've been faithful. You've been good. You cleansed us. You healed us. You set us free. We are turning back to you right now saying, God, you've been good. You've been faithful. You are good to us. You're loving to us. Your everlasting love is so great. We worship you and honor you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Father, we thank you. You've been faithful to our house. You've been good to our house. This house overflows with your presence. And that's a privilege. We don't take that for granted. Not everyone has that, so we thank you for that. We look around the room and say our family is unique. It's special. It is blessed beyond measure. So we honor you and praise you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Some of us are still going through suffering. But we're not going to stop at supplication. But we're always going to turn back and express our gratitude. Because we know that it's the point, that it's the time in our lives where faith rises up to a whole new level of maturity. We honor you. We thank you. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.